tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Jeanette Paxia. I started this show because when I was a nurse on the floor, I would meet a lot of older people, especially vets, who had these stories to tell, and no one would listen to them. And I felt like I didn't want them to die with their stories untold. There's so many things that have happened in the last 50, 60 years, and I wanted to make sure that everyone's stories got out there. In addition, I am an anti-bullying speaker. All my programs are have to do with superheroes, and so finding the superhero traits inside of my guests, what makes them move forward, how do they get through challenges, is one of my missions. So this show highlights people, their challenges, what they've done, and how they've gotten through it. Today's guest is very special to me, Marilyn Morales. I met her in San Antonio at a speaking event with um, Jesse and Desiree Cruz. And when I met her, I knew that we had a lot that we, we would be doing together. I read her book when I got home. When the answer is no, I have it here, although you guys can't see it. I sat and read it in an afternoon. And she's been in the medical world for a long time, but also has been through a lot and has been resilient through it all. And I was just touched by her story, and I will support everything I can that she does. So I'm excited to share this guest with you. Hello, Marilyn. Welcome. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you so much for having me on your show. You're welcome. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Can you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself? So a little bit about me is that I've been a nurse for approximately 37 years. So I've, I've seen a lot of different things. I am currently the author of a book and a co-author of a book that actually comes out today, which is Dare to Care, a story about, you know, 21 authors sharing their stories. We're all healthcare heroes, as they're calling us. And we're all sharing a story of resilience and hope. In addition to that, I am now the founder and president of Izzy's Legacy Incorporated, a nonprofit organization that is helping me further my mission of educating others on the need for diversity within the Be the Match registry which is a stem cell bone marrow registry for those that need a transplant. In addition to that, our second mission is to be able to help financially those that are on a cancer journey. Now, this is a small world in the speaking world, in our world. And I know that I recently met and talked to the person who put together Dare to Care. I think that book is going to just change lives, especially after the last couple of years with the pandemic and what our medical heroes have been through. I've seen a lot. I don't work on the floor anymore as a nurse, but I, you know, work in the background and I've seen a lot and what they've done in the last couple of years has just been amazing in in general and every day, but especially in the last couple of years. So thank you for all you do in that area. In addition, if you don't get the listeners, don't get anything else out of this podcast, but be the match, please, please register, do what you can to be part of that. Share it with your family, your friends. Let people know how important that is. Be the Match is an essential, essential organization that helps people who need it. And I know we'll talk a little bit about your journey in that. The first question I usually ask my guests is if you could go back today and give your 12-year-old self advice, what would it be? 12-year-old me, I would have to say to her to stay strong, that there are going to be challenges that are coming up, but that she's going to be able to work through them. 
I won't say overcome them, but absolutely work through them and become stronger through everything that she's going to go through. Nothing is out of her reach. Because of you and some of the conversations we've had, I use the word resilient a lot now. It's resiliency, right? It's learning that we are going to face challenges, all of us. No one gets through this life without facing some kind of challenge. And that's different for everybody. But how do you pick yourself up and keep moving forward through those challenges? And I know you have been through so much. I hope because we will not be able to cover everything in this podcast today that people pick up some of your books and read them or all of them when the answer no is so important the books that are coming out now are important and you're also in the book that i'm in coming out august 19th spiritual right. survivors so that's right please please pick up some of these books because marilyn's story is so important and what she's doing is important and i know that when we're 12 there's so much that we have in front of us but we also think we know everything but we have no idea the challenges we're going to be facing. Creating that strong, resilient inside helps us to move forward. And I know you have accomplished a lot through your life, but what would you say is your top accomplishment? And what were some of the obstacles you had to overcome to achieve that? Certainly becoming a nurse is my top accomplishment. I did become a nurse at the age of 17. So I actually went into the medical field at the age of 15 which boggles my mind now when I look at 15-year-olds and my own children when they became that age. And I'm like, how the heck did I do this? When I look at them and, and, and wonder how would they have been able to navigate those same situations? You're, you're a child and you're thrown into an adult world. And, you know, I remember being frustrated at being interviewed several times to be able to enter that program in high school. You know, there's a specialized high school for the health professions in, in New York City. And, and before you can enter the program in your junior year of high school, you had to be interviewed to be accepted in, and your grades had to be a certain, you know, grade. And I had met all the requirements, yet I was like, why do they keep interviewing me? Like, I had one interview, then I had, I was sent, well, now we have to bring you back to somebody else to interview. And then the third interview, and I was like, what is this about? And how come I'm being, you know, picked on, I felt, Right in order to get into this program. I meet all the requirements. And it was because I was so young. They were concerned at how I would be able to handle what I was about to experience. So they had three different people. I was the youngest. Interview me to see how mature I was and if I was going to be able to handle it. And at the end, they decided, okay, good. You are. You are. Everybody is in agreement. It was unanimous. You know, we want you in the program. We just had to make sure that you were ready for it. I think knowing you, I know that you are a caregiver and you do care greatly for people. But I didn't enter the nursing world, I think it's been about 14 years now. And at that time, it was hard. I can imagine at 15, I was told when I was 18 to go into nursing, I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then I ended up, and anyways, I wish I had done it all those years ago, but it is not easy. The clinicals that we have to go through, the things that you have to learn, and what you see is very, very difficult. I can imagine starting that at 15, before you even really can drive depending on the state you're in you're out oh, helping can't drive. <laughs> um, it depends what state i in arkansas you can start at 14 amazing okay but okay you're out there helping people so yes you're going to get interviewed a lot they want to make sure but you were obviously supposed to be in this field that amazes me that you were able to do that at so young and thank you for all those years of service i I just am in awe of all of our medical people. As I said, I work with them all the time and what, what you see and what you do and how you help people. So thank you for that. What is something that you're proud of that 
few people know, or people would be surprised to know about you. Let's throw something out there that not a lot of people know about. Well, there's not too much that people don't know at this point, right? They see me all <laughs> over social media and I, and I've shared a lot and, you know, they are surprised when they meet me now of my background and where I grew up and that I grew up in lower income housing in, in Brooklyn, right? And that, you know, I was looking at, at the world through bars on a window, you know? Wow. So while life is, everybody's experiencing life, I was, you know, my mom and dad kept me inside because of the fear of what was outside the doors, outside the windows. So I was experiencing life through books, right? So now that I'm an author, it makes sense because I spent most of my youth reading. And that is how I connected with the outside world. So that I chose that vehicle now to share my own story and to help others, it makes sense now. But not knowing that that's my history and that I was extremely shy too. Now shy, really? Shy. Now that's a shocker, right? <laughs> there you go. That's something that, that people, that's I wouldn't shock. know. I didn't know you were shy. Extremely. I, you know, as a child, I would hide behind my parents. I didn't want anybody talking to me. <laughs> Wow. And reading, I think it's something that is kind of lost now to our youth. They're always on the phone. They're always on computers. They're always on tablets. And actually physically holding a book in your hand and reading it. I spent my entire youth reading books and just escaping into the books. I put myself there. The reason I'm in speaking or one of the reasons is because of Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. I knew when I read that book that I would be helping others through writing, through reading and learning, and then getting on stage. So I hope that people start picking up books again. I mean, I know a lot of adults, we have several books. I think I am releasing six, seven, and eight this year. So I have a lot of books of myself. Thank you. But I want to see kids hold the books and read them and actually escape into a different area. It is such a fun adventure, I feel like, reading and I just can't believe you were shy, but <laughs> totally, totally, totally. And I think that's another reason why people thought I wasn't going to be able to do all these things, because it takes a certain personality to be able to interact with others, right? And the shyness was always there. I think I lost it in high school. It was nursing that made me lose the shyness, because you're forced to talk to people, right? So I was forced to interact and, and, and initiate the conversation. I'm great if you start the conversation. But I wasn't so great at initiating the conversation. And as a nurse, you have to. You're the one that walks in the room. You introduce yourself. You know, you start to ask them questions. So I had to change that whole dynamic. And I always say that nursing saved me from, from a lot of things and made me grow into the person that I am. I have a lot to thank to nursing. I didn't go into nursing because I wanted to be a nurse. That's another thing that people don't know, right? Nice. I wanted to be a pediatrician. So oh. I felt that the <sighs> best way for me to do that right, was to, and only, and only because I also wanted to be a missionary, and, I, and my 15-year-old self wanted to be a nun, wanted to be a missionary, wanted to do something <laughs> to help people, to, to help people. people, and I felt my best way to do that is this, because I love medicine, right, so I said, let me do this in, at this age so that I could get a taste for it, so that's what I did, and in my rotation in pediatrics, I quickly learned that that was not going to be for me, because I became way too attached to the children that were there. You it's know, it's a hard see. I, I, it would be hard. And you are I forced to it. talk to people. In addition, you're in a very intimate situation with them. They are yeah. showing you things that they don't show anybody else, even their family. So it's right. intimate. You do talk to them. You, you have to have conversation with them. And funny, I went into nursing because I wanted to be a midwife. 
So I thought I'll go into nursing, I'll work as a nurse, and then I'll continue through to be a midwife. I had started actually as a doula, became a nurse. I loved being a doula. And That's then awesome. gonna go, it was so much fun. And then was going to go into being a midwife. All of the legal around it scared me. Said, and nope. <laughs> I, you know, and I, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be now. I, I'm helping more people and what I do now in speaking and coaching and, and anti-bullying, helping not right. only kids, but adults connect to their inner superhero. So I'm where I'm supposed to be. But it's funny that we both started in nursing to do something else and then ended up Absolutely. not doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are actually going to take a quick break and say thank you to our sponsors. We'll be right back on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Hi, everyone. Erin here. I want to give a shout out to our Word of Mom radio sister show, Be Our Planet Solution. Hosted by Tanya Torellis, the show focuses on all the impactful ways people and businesses are being green. There's only one Earth. Listen to Be Our Planet Solution to discover how others are working to protect it and learn what we can all do for this amazing planet. Don't let the name fool you. StadiumBags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice. Because safety, it's in the bag. Hi, everyone. Erin here. I want to give a shout out to our Word of Mom radio sister show, Be Our Planet Solution. Hosted by Tanya Torellis, the show focuses on all the impactful ways people and businesses are being green. There's only one Earth. Listen to Be Our Planet Solution to discover how others are working to protect it and learn what we can all do for this amazing planet. And we are back here on Word of Mom radio, and we are talking to Marilyn Morales. Our conversation has been great. We have so many things in common. This is why I love these events that we go to. One of the reasons is because the people you meet, I'm in California, you're in New Jersey, right? New Jersey, yes. We're across the country and now we are able to do things together, interact, meeting people, social media, everything has allowed us to meet people all over the world. So I do thank uh, Jesse and Desiree Cruz for bringing us together, us and a few other people that we've met and that are working with. I actually, through you, met Nikki, who I just interviewed, and Daniela. There's a lot of people that I've met, Carolyn, that I'm actually doing things with and moving forward with. One of the things I love to do is travel. So I cannot wait to come to your gala in September, which is September 16th, right? Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to come to that and support your nonprofit. I look forward to that. I love to travel. 
have you been able to travel? And if so, what is one of the most favorite places you've either lived or been to? Oh, well, listen, this is funny. I've only lived in, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, right? So outside of Brooklyn, the other, only other place I've lived is New Jersey. And there's a whole story attached to that why I'm in New Jersey. But anyway, <laughs> my favorite place is Puerto Rico, is oh, where my Puerto parents Rico. are from. So right? beautiful. And not, and I would always wonder why, like I would visit, because I was born in Brooklyn, right? And I would visit only with my parents when, when they went. And I remember one time leaving without them with an aunt who took me when I graduated from high school as a gift. She took me there for the summer alone. And I remember sitting outside and wondering, how come this feels like home? I've spent wow. the smallest amount of time here, yet this feels like home more than New York does. It was just a weird feeling that every time I'm pulled back to the island, I feel like, and I would ask my parents, why did you take us out of here? This is beautiful. I would have mm-hmm. loved to have been born and raised here, but obviously the opportunities weren't there. And this is why in that, and that there was such an exodus uh, of people leaving the island and coming to the mainland here because of the opportunities that were here for your family, right? And that don't exist on the island. But I was like, it's so, it so much feels like home. It's such a simple life, yeah, yeah. you know? I love Puerto Rico. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I remember being six years old and riding in the back of a vehicle, being picked up from the airport with an uncle that picked my father and I up. We went together to go see his mother. And I was sitting in the back of the car. And I remember clearly as if it was yesterday, looking at these children that were playing outside and looking at them, they had shirtless, no shoes, and their house was up on sticks. I know now why. I didn't understand that back then, why their houses <laughs> were on sticks, right? Because <laughs> they had to go up. There was rivers. I didn't understand it. But I'm like, how could they be so happy? They have nothing. They have nothing, yeah. yet they're so happy. I want happy like that. Because remember, I was looking at the world through bars as if I were in jail. So the wow. freedom that I saw them living is like, oh, my God, I want that. Why just can't playing we... freely and being happy with what you have, even if it seems yes. like so little compared to what we have. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of disasters there in the last few years. So that yes. they have Absolutely. been through a lot, but it yes. is such a beautiful place. I keep telling my husband, he's never been there, that we have to go there. And, and one of my best friends, her husband's from there. So they get to go back a lot. He saw his family there. I'm always saying we need to go there. It's just, so beautiful when I was I felt like I was at home there even though I have Isn't no that crazy? family that I know of from there <laughs> but it's a welcoming place and it's absolutely just gorgeous yeah and I want to simplicity it's in simplicity you know my my both of my sides of the parents they both owned farms and had businesses with uh, stores that you know were fed by their farms so the farm life the being outside and outdoors was exactly what they were all about. So whenever I went there, that's what I would experience. Oh my God, it's just so different. Just the freedom. I just felt free there. And you could have nothing. And that's, there's freedom to that. And I think at, at inside, that's all anybody wants is to feel free. Whether that freedom to them is having a lot of money, or in my case, less is better. The less I have, the less I have to hold on to and I have to worry about. The less you know? stress you have. We keep seeming to want to get bigger houses and bigger and more cars and all of that does. I mean, I'm not saying it's not fun and not great. I, you know, enjoy, yeah. but all of that also can cause stress when a simple life and just relaxing and having less can be more. Absolutely. 
even if it's just for a vacation that you spend that time doing that, it's important to connect to that too. And I think you probably follow home there because it's your roots. And to my DNA, there's a, there's a Spanish saying that says la sangre llama, the blood calls. So the blood of your ancestors call you so that you will, it'll always bring you home. It's like a compass. It'll bring you home. You know, you'll always know where you truly belong because your soul will tell you this is home. I wonder if that's what I'm, I'm going to go to Sicily eventually. It was supposed to happen Ooh. during the pandemic. That's where my father is from and born. And I always have been called to just go and stay there for a while. And I cannot wait. And I know that's another beautiful place. But he yeah. talks about it. He came through Ellis Island when he was 15. And he talked, a, or he did talk. He's no longer alive. A lot about how beautiful it is, even though they were very, very, very poor there. And they came to America for the opportunity I cannot wait. I, I'm thinking that I'll feel that too in my DNA. I cannot say the phrase that you said. I wouldn't even <laughs> attempt it. Uh, I have very un poquito for Espanol, but I will teach I, you. <laughs> I'm trying to learn uh, Sicilian right now. Which is, I wish and I Italian and Spanish are so similar. They're very right? similar. And I took two years of Spanish in school, but it's very different. Yeah, and it's to, different I yet the same, right? The roots are the same. They're very similar. And just to say, my dream vacation is to go to Italy. I've always wanted to go to Italy. Here's another fun fact. My favorite food is Italian, not Spanish. Even really? as a child. My mother had to learn to make Italian dishes because of me. Oh, I, I grew up with some great, great Italian cooks. My father, Vito, was an excellent cook. My aunt Michelle, my grandmother, we would spend like three days getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. Violis, <laughs> cannolis, cipino. Oh my gosh. Was Love it. Yeah, I talk with my hands. The, the audience can't see me, but I constantly talk. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I talked a lot about defining moments in, in one of the books, uh, Women Who Rise. Everyone has what I feel is a defining moment where you have to choose one road or the other. And it's a very important decision that changes the entire outcome of your life. Yeah. Is there something that stands out to you as a defining moment? Yeah, I would have to say the, the most defining moment for me is, and then the reason I wrote the book, right, is because of my child. It's because I had a daughter who at seven months old was diagnosed with a rare leukemia, you know, one that could not be treated with chemotherapy. So great, you get a diagnosis of, of leukemia. Hey, I've heard of leukemia, right? I know about leukemia. There's all different kinds of treatments. And then they come to you and say, no, there is none for the one that she's got. It's rare. And, and the only thing that treats it at this time, and that was back in 2007, and today it's still the only treatment, is a bone marrow transplant. And then you find out that no one in the family is a match for her. I had two other children, and your best chance of finding a match is a sibling who shares the same mother and father. And they were only half matches for her, as was, was my husband and myself. And knowing that now we have to rely on someone else to try to save your child. Defining moment, if there ever was one. Somebody like myself who was always just dependent on me, right? I was the one to figure things out. I was very independent always and always had the answers. I no longer had the answer. I no longer had control. So, yes. That was a defining moment for me. Well, oh my God, I am now at the mercy of others in order to find this. What do I do with this? And that absolutely changed the course of everything after that, her treatment, saying yes to people that needed to help, having drives, and continuing to share that mission of 
the fact that we were told that there's a low presence of Hispanics on that registry to actually help. And why is that? It's a volunteer thing. You have to volunteer to be swabbed in your cheek so that your information gets put into a database to see if you're a match for someone else. It's volunteer. You do it because you do it from the goodness of your heart. And to know that there wasn't a presence on that registry of Latinos that would help to save my child was very impactful to me. Still challenges for people of Hispanic, Black, and mixed ethnicity origins to find their match, to have their lives saved on such a simple thing to, you know, to be done. When you're talking about bone marrow transplant, stem cell transplant is more like it. There's a whole myth attached to that. Before it used to be where they actually went into your bone. It was a surgical procedure. And I'm sure that that scared people away from joining the registry, right? Because it was a surgery. And then nobody wants needles. Nobody wants a surgery. But now it is so simple to, number one, get tested. Number two, if you are a match to donate, it's just like when you give blood or or donate plasma. So it's a little bit of extra time. In order to do that, when you donate plasma, it's a longer time frame than when you just donate blood, right? But it's a very similar process to that and that easy. And it's something that you give in life to save a life versus other types of organ transplants where somebody has to pass away, like a heart, like a lung, you know? Somebody's got to pass away in order for someone else to receive that gift of life. In this case, everybody wins. Everybody wins. So it's a swab and then... And it's 18 to 40 is the ages? The ages are 18 to 40 years old okay. right now in order to join the registry, in order to get tested. But you remain on the registry until you're 60 years old. So okay. if you join the day before your 41st birthday, <laughs> the last day for you to join is the day before your 41st birthday, you're still going to stay on that registry for an additional 20 years, right? Oh, so you have on the registry. I didn't realize that. Yeah, still there. You know, because guess what? Having a match is better than not having one. But the reason they have, they attract this 18 to 35 or 40 year old is because now the science has shown us that the best outcome for the, the patient receiving the transplant is better when it comes from a younger donor. And in order for you to get that transplant, you know, you have to go through pretty extensive chemotherapy to get rid of your own, to kill the cancer that's in your body. And that's life-threatening. So you're going through a life-threatening procedure in order to get your body ready to receive this transplant. You want the best possible cells because you may not have a second chance at this. And if this is your only chance, you want the healthiest cells. Please, to to the audience, please, please, please register for Be The Match. It's very important. And most of our audience, a lot of our audience are working moms. And I'm sure all of them have chills right now thinking of being in your place. I know I do. Imagine being in that place. And I'm very independent, very, very independent. And having to have someone else help me, not only help me, but help my child, which I will do things for my child that I won't do for myself. That's right. Mama Lion comes out when it's about my children. Right. I know that the audience has chills. Put yourself in Marilyn's position for a minute and please, please register for Be The Match. It's not that hard to register. And then even, it sounds like even the process after a few match, I know I matched with one person and then they went a little further and I wasn't as good of a match for her. She was, it was young. Unfortunately, um, they found someone else, but it's not that difficult. And you, you may be saving a life. Absolutely. And this is all volunteer. Even if you match someone, it's, it's not like you can't say no, if you're in, a, in a, a place in your life where you couldn't do it. 
right, take the day to do this, it's all volunteer. But certainly it's it's important. And I want to say that even though I talk about Hispanics, Blacks, and and mixed ethnicity individuals, because that's why I focus on, because our presence is so low, you know, even if you're of white background, Caucasian background, you're still not safe either. When we talk about percentages, and I shared that at our our speaker event, if you're white, you have a 79% chance of finding that match, but not 100, not 100. So you're still at risk, right? I, I myself know of two little girls who had leukemia who were white, who thousands of people joined the registry just for them, and they still didn't find their match. You had so, a recent event for a child? Uh, yes, Veronica. Veronica, Veronica DePauli. Yeah, so actually that family was the reason that I was inspired to write the book and, and take what I do up a notch, right? To get myself out there, to start the nonprofit, and to do more, it was because of this family. So Veronica DePauli is of Hispanic origin. Her mother has been searching for five years. Now, even though Veronica doesn't have cancer, she does have a condition that affects her bone marrow. And this is why her doctors have said we need to have bone marrow transplant at some point, right? Because this is just going to get worse. She may not make it to adulthood because of this, right? So, you know, now it's getting closer. She's 12 years old right now. She needs her match. Five years and they haven't found a match. Five years and they haven't. And they've had drives. So it was now my daughter, Gabrielle, was nine years old when I lost my daughter, Isabella. She's now 25 years old and works for Be The Match. And it was through her that I learned of the DePauli family because she was their liaison. She was the person helping them find their match now. And she was also the person helping to find the match for these two little girls with leukemia. And they were having drugs at the same time. So the mother of the Hispanic girl, her name is Elise heard about the, you know, the outpouring of support to these other two little girls, the thousands of people that showed up, and she was expecting similar for her daughter. And then when hers came, she had nowhere near the same amount. She had maybe 20 people show up to hers. And, and you know, she was crying to my daughter saying, how come nobody cares about my child? Well, we should care about everybody's child. That, to me, is unacceptable. And I know how that feels. And I don't want any other mother, father, brother, sister to ever feel as hopeless as that mother did. And that's what inspired me to say, you know what, let's take this up a notch. Let's start doing things and getting out there, doing things that I'm not comfortable with, speaking, (laughs) getting out on social media, not my thing. I just told you, I was extremely shy. That hasn't gone away. Even though I'm more out there, I still underneath, I'm that shy little girl. Introvert. Who becomes an an introvert for for the cause. For the cause, because I'm motivated by these children that are out there that need help and mothers that are powerless like I was. And whether you have children yourself or not, you know a child, there's a child somewhere in your life. I lost my cousin when I was probably 12. He had a brain tumor and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget losing him. It was a very long year process. Now, of course, Be The Match wouldn't have helped him, but there are so many children out there that need us. Whether you have a child or not, please register and please tell people about Be The Match and support your gala in your nonprofit. September 16th in New Jersey is the gala and we will um, have your information on how to contact you on the Word of Mom Radio and then on my page, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. Thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you for being vulnerable. I know your family's been through a lot and my heart goes out to you. And I, no, thank you. I have so many children. I'm so happy that we met. As we wrap up the show, what advice do you have to help our audience live extraordinary lives? The biggest advice that I give people is when you're going through a challenge, life is about two things, perspective 
and choice. It's how you look at the situation that's happening to you. Yeah, there are going to be difficult challenges, but try looking at it in a different way, in a different manner. And instead of seeing it as an obstacle, look at it as a little bump in the road, right? And how can I get around this? Because the way that you look at things are going to then color the choices that you make. That's why life is about those two things. Change your perspective. That can change your life. Well, thank you so much, Marilyn, for being on the show today. How can people find you? Number one is on Facebook, Marilyn Morales. <laughs> Just look me up. You'll find me um, on my website, which is www.izzyslegacyinc.org. And that is the website to uh, the nonprofit, as well as my book is available on izzyslegacy.com. So izzyslegacy.com. And I'm sure that you're going to write that down as well. And they can communicate with me those ways. You can message me and let me know how I can help you, how I can serve you. And the recent, so the books you have, When the Answer is No, Finding Purpose Through Pain, which is one of the books that, the book that I read, I did not leave the couch until I finished it. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. That doesn't happen very often. A Dare to Care came out today. When the show is airing, it will be out. And then we have Spiritual Fitness Survivors in... Uh, August, August 19th coming out. August 19th. And in January, I have Born to Risk. And Born uh, to Risk, I'm in that too. <laughs> so I'm in that as well. So Born and, to Risk in January. And then I have my own anthology that's, that'll be coming out hopefully later this year. I'm, I'm writing that together with Julia Gandhi. And we're going to have also 15 co-authors. There'll be 15 chapters in there. And that book is called Love Never Ends. And they're honoring the final passage. And those are stories of those of us that have been honored to be present in the last stage of life when you're transitioning from life to the other side. As a nurse, I've been present at many. And I've also been present for my grandmother, my mother, and my daughter for those last moments. And what we're trying to do is dispel the myths around dying. A lot of people are afraid of it, more so how it's going to happen, right? So we're going to share stories of good ones because that final, that final passage needs to be honored. The same way that we honor babies that are being born into the world, we need to honor that last stage. And if we're more informed about the choices that we have when it comes to that last stage, we can do better. We can do better. We need to chat after this about that. Thank you. Our audience has a lot of books that they can go out and get and support us, but also learn and connect with other people. Thank you all for listening to Marilyn today. Every time I talk to her, I get chills. But one of the things that she taught me when we were talking one day, I said, you're so strong. And she said to me, I'm strong, but it's not so much that sometimes that phrase makes me upset because why me? Why do I have to be strong? Right? She was resilient. How do you become resilient? You know, challenges are going to hit you at times in your life. And I'm not saying to sit here and wait for the challenges. What I'm saying is that learning to be resilient, learning to sit in the moment, be upset, be sad, but still pick yourself up and move forward is very important to learn because resiliency will get you through life. It'll get you through the challenges. Taking all that you've learned, all the stories of your past, and using those to move through your future challenges by being resilient. It's okay to get knocked down or it's going to happen, right? It doesn't matter if it is a challenge with your child, it is a challenge with you, or it's something like setting weight and not knowing how to continue on the path that you started. Maybe you have a New Year's resolution that you started and you fall off. How do you get back 
on track? How do you use resiliency to move forward? Take some time to sit and focus, maybe journal, meditate, whatever works for you on how you've gotten through challenges in the past, how you've gotten through the things that have happened to you. And how can you prepare in the future, prepare yourself, your mind, body, and spirit to move through what's going to happen in the future? Again, I'm not saying sit in negativity or fear. Don't be fearful. But know that whatever's going to happen to you, you can handle it and you can be resilient. We all have challenges. Those challenges have been given to us often happen so that we can learn a lesson. Learn by meditating, by focusing, by journaling, whatever you need to do, how you are resilient when challenges come to you and know that you can do this. I absolutely am confident that you can move through whatever's coming your way. Please use this to help you. My goal is to help as many people as I can to help them connect to their inner superhero to find their superhero traits. And those superhero traits will help you be resilient in the future. Thank you everybody for listening. I hope you have a super day. And as I said, be super today. We can do something to not only help ourselves, but help others. Thank you, everyone. We're going to close out the show with our theme song from Smith Sisters Bluegrass. So on behalf of everyone here at Word of Mom Radio, this is Jeanette Paxia saying, be super today. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong. She-